Hello everyone! Welcome to our Q&A after our True Stories talk, Does Jesus Care About Relationships? Um, I am joined by a wonderful panel who is here to answer some questions for us after our seminar. Um, so why don't we do some quick fire questions to get to know y'all, okay? So who you are, what you do, maybe a little context on relationship, past, married, dating, etc. And would you rather be 11 feet tall or nine inches small. Here we go. Hi, um, I'm Aaron. Uh, I'm from City Church, Canterbury. Um, I've just finished university and um, I'm currently dating someone for about three years. Um, and I'd rather be 11 foot tall because I'm a fairly small boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi, uh, my name's Pete. Um, I'm from Worthing and I'm married to a lady named Hayley sitting over there and I've got four kids. And I am a builder. And I would definitely rather be tiny. Yeah, definitely. Because it'd be like Toy Story. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Live that life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, my name is Leanne, and I am from Emmanuel Brighton. <laughs> Big up. Um, and I am currently single and have been. Yep. And would I rather no i would rather be nine inches smaller okay Mm-mm, yeah yeah nice oh hello i'm martha um i'm also from emmanuel church brighton um <laughs> i we got fans <laughs> um i feel like i have a bit of a claim to fame because i am married to the ultimate ultimate youth leader michael <laughs> very glittery our tent is going to be very glittery later which i'm not really looking forward to but um i i'm a chef and i would rather be 11 feet tall because i can't reach anything in the cupboards and it's really annoying <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you for introducing yourselves. Great to be here with you guys. Um, So yeah, we've just had a seminar talking all things relationships and sex. We're here to open that up a bit more with some juicy questions. Um, So the first thing I would love to ask you guys is, you know, we all come from different backgrounds, learning about sex and relationships in different ways. Uh, My first question for you guys is, what was your upbringing like around the subject of sex and relationships? Was there much teaching? Was there little to no teaching? And how has that made an impact on your thoughts on relationships? today open floor okay so I grew up with my mum and dad were Christians um, and they weren't overly strict but they were absolutely you do not have a girlfriend and my sister I've got three older sisters and it was you do not have a boyfriend and my sisters weren't fussed about that and I was really bothered about that so uh, the teaching on it I mean coming from my parents was very much okay this just doesn't happen flat outright so I thought well if you're going to tell me not to do that, I'm definitely going to do that. So it pushed me the other way. And then with sex, it was obviously in the Bible it says you don't have sex until you're married. So I took that as, well, that's my rule then. So I will go out with people. We'll do everything we want, but we will not have sex because that's what is wrong. Rather than thinking, actually, no, no, you, you know, there's loads of things that that actually means. So, yeah, that's my that was my take on it. Um. For me, uh, growing up in youth group, I ha- we had a few seminars, a little bit like this, a lot smaller, um, where we just had some boys and girls separately. Um, but one of the main ways I um, learned about relationships and sex and the right way to um, go about it was through having a discipler. Um, I met up with my lead youth leader, Dave, quite regularly. Um, and not every time we met up, we chatted about relationships and sex, but 
having that relationship where we were open and honest with one another. So I knew whenever I had a problem with um, or an issue I was facing with relationships that I was able to go to him uh, and confide in him. That was one of the main ways that I was able to learn about what a, a cr healthy Christian relationship actually looked like. Um, so I grew up in a church-going family, so we went to church every Sunday, but didn't necessarily talk much about Jesus in the week. So when we, when the word <laughs> sex came up, it was like, bad, no, <laughs> no, no sex, I'm not talking about it. And then that was just like life up until teenage years. And then when you get to like 18, so I'm now 23, got to 18, 19, that's when it was like, oh, do you have a boyfriend? It's like, but what? We're allowed to talk about boyfriends now? We've not spoken about that or like sex or relationships at all. But then it came to a point where it's like, oh, this is a thing we talk about. So it was really bleak. Um, it was only when I went to uni that um, I actually learned about that and what the Bible says about sex and, and relationships. So it was very, mine was just very like, didn't really know much about what was going on with that. So... Um, yeah, I grew up in a Christian family. Um, my parents have an amazing marriage, which was a great example, I guess, to me growing up and was something that I have always looked up to and kind of aspired to and within the church. And I also grew up coming to New Day. So I came to New Day when I was 12 and I kept going until now, when I'm 25. <laughs> um, and I love New Day, so much to learn. And I used to come to seminars like this and sit and listen and absorb. Um, but I think my parents were quite strict. They were like, "These, so this is what it says in the Bible. And I was quite a rule follower. So I was like, okay okay <laughs> this is who I should date don't date until you want to get married blah blah it was all in my head but the heart is something that can also rule you especially when you're a teenager and there's so many influences and there were lots of occasions which I'm sure we'll talk about later in the seminar where in my teenage years I let my heart get the better of my head so I knew oh, I shouldn't date a non-Christian but my heart was like oh but how harmful will it really be go on see what it's like um so definitely made some mistakes I've learned from but kind of had that foundation and found coming along to things like New Day really helpful in building my faith and building my kind of higher goal for relationships and realising it's not just about kind of transactional two people that like each other. It's a lot more than that. Yeah, thank you guys so much for sharing. That's so helpful. And yes, Martha, you have definitely helped segue into my next question. Um, teenage years are such a crucial, vital time of your life where you're learning about these topics in particular. Sex, relationships, it's all the talk. Um, I guess I'd love to ask you guys from that, what did your teenage years look like regarding the topic of sex and relationships? And if you feel um, vulnerable and able to, maybe do you want to share like certain mistakes that you might have um, went through and what you learned from that and etc.? Open floor again. Who yeah, I can, I can go first. Um, so because of the lack of understanding and knowledge on sex relationships, I was just really curious because everyone was like, it's bad, it's bad, you can't do it. And I was like, mm, okay, well, then I'm going to find out for myself. So I think I asked a lot of questions and then I was exposed to a lot of like music videos growing up used to watch um like mtv music videos i don't know i feel like you guys are too young for that um <laughs> but yeah used to watch all that stuff and be exposed to certain things which were yeah quite graphic um sexualized a lot of um male and females so i think it being exposed to that i was already like oh this is what it looks like to kind of be like be sexual and like all this stuff so it my my understanding already in my teenage years was quite distorted um, just because I, I don't think I was getting it from 
I was getting a healthy understanding of what sex looked like um, just because it was just a no-go area. Um, so there was a lot of um, trying to understand what this is all about, trying to speak to friends, but we were all in the same position. Um, and it wasn't until late teens, so when I went back to church and was actually involved with my youth, that I was like, oh, sex is actually good. But in the marriage of, um, in the context of marriage, which is also healthy, what does that look like? Let's unpack that. So yeah, up my whole teen year was just like very like curious. I'm just gonna go up rogue. I'm gonna go rogue and learn it about myself, um, without the the proper healthy way of doing it. So it just it's distorted a lot. But then God is faithful and kind in undoing all of that and like teaching what it actually looks like to what sex looks like and what relationship healthy relationships look like which is really good so yeah do you want me to go next yes um so i touched on it um really briefly i guess um but yeah when i was a teenager i have always been one of those people i don't know if some of you are like this where you i just could not wait to be older i was like i just cannot wait to have a job um to have a husband to have a family one day i can't wait to have my own house can't wait to be independent be free blah 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 all of those things i just used to literally dream about that when i'd walk to school i'd be like oh i hate school can't wait to be older and i just kind of wish those days away um but it made me really impatient and I knew in my head, because I knew my youth leaders had told me, my family had told me, did you know that God has a great plan for your life and God has someone out there for you? If you, if it's his will for you to get married, he has someone out there who is perfect for you, who loves the Lord, who will lead you well in that relationship. But I just could not wait. I was like, yeah, come on, God, I'm 15 now. Um, where is this man? <laughs> if he's not going to come out the woodwork in the next week, then uh, I'm just so hungry for it. And I just was really looking for that affirmation that I should have been getting from God but I was looking for in guys and in relationships I went on a school trip when I was 15 and one of my close guy friends asked me out and I was a bit weak in that moment and I decided instead of saying no or instead of saying Do you know what I'm going to think about it and I'm going to talk to my parents or my friends or my youth leader I just went yeah go on immediately gave me a status gave me a popularity boost it kind of made me feel quite accepted I was like wow this person is choosing to love me like oh this is so cool um but it was the worst yes I've ever said to this day because it not only kind of changed that trajectory to my life but it distracted me and we were in a relationship for um, a year and a half so quite a long time for a 15 year old um and he was a good person but he wasn't a God person. He wasn't someone who prioritised God as the number one thing in his life. And I was someone who was saying, God is my number one thing. So I was turning to him and being like, did you know, God's my number one, um, but I'm your number one. So it was all a bit mismatched and uneven. And it led to a lot of pain and a lot of heartbreak. And I was at New Day, knowing I was in this relationship, thinking, God, <laughs> I know I want you number one. I want your best for me. Um, but at the moment, I'm kind of living this double life and I'm finding it really challenging and felt really convicted at New Day to give that to him and to give that up and it was painful and if I'd never said yes I never would have had to walk through that pain and cause pain to him and lose a friendship so there was all sorts of kind of mismatch that came from that um, instead of just waiting and trusting God so my teenage years are a bit messy learned a lot of lessons from it um, and I'm grateful for the lessons I've learned. But I sometimes think if I had just trusted God and got my worth from what who he says I am as his daughter and got that value from him and that affirmation from him instead of just random people, um, how different could those years have been and less painful, I guess? Um, for, <laughs> uh, for me, uh, I, my like from like year seven to year 10, 
um, I saw relationships as like a massive like popularity thing. Like you know, if you're in a relationship, you're on the popular ones. If you were chatting to different people, you were you were popular. Um, and I used to I used to play quite a high standard of football, um, and I used to put it in my Instagram bio like oh, footballer for Gillingham. And every time I go and play like a Premier League team. I go and put it on my story and like the sole purpose of putting it on my story would be to like someone's going to reply to this and I can start talking to someone and and I that was where I put like started to put some of my identity in and in the relationships and in the popularity that it can bring um and actually that's such a uh, growing up I've found that's such a, a temporary thing um even in like the relationship I have today there's the sole satisfaction that I will constantly get is from God I always get satisfaction um from my relationship but the constant satisfaction that I'll get is from God so the, maybe the mistake that I would have made growing up was actually seeing a relationship as being like this big popular status and actually that's not where you get your, your long term satisfaction from God yeah so very similar really um, I completely found my identity in a girl smiling at me or a girl holding my hand or a girl looking at me and that was absolutely my aim for everywhere I went so whether that was church whether that was a day out whether that was holiday if it didn't happen I felt absolutely awful and it would ruin my day because I put so much value in it so exactly the same I put my identity my affirmation in what a girl and this we're talking strangers somebody I knew it didn't matter but if it was a girl it meant that I was of worth rather than knowing who my identity was in Christ and knowing that he loved me no matter what I did rather than you know and like you saying that's every single day you can get that every every minute of every day God loves you no matter who you are no matter what you've done rather than putting some sort of worth in a quick look from someone like I mean it's absolutely pointless but it just meant so much to me so yeah my identity was in totally in the wrong place amazing thanks guys and I think it's so I love your vulnerability I love that you're just sharing so openly your experiences and I'm sure a lot of people here can relate to that I know I definitely can too and I'd love to just poke a little bit more at that kind of journey of going from placing your identity in relationships and how other people view you um, and then changing that mindset to actually my identity comes from God how did you go about that process of, of that heart change to know my identity is in Jesus and not in the relationship that I have. Go on, mate. I think uh, sadly sometimes it can um, come in like a heartbreaking way where you put your soul trust and your soul happiness into a person and then when they let you down um, or when um, you were speaking to someone and it finished or a relationship ends you actually realise ah oh, that, that wasn't you know fulfilling long term um, so learning through new day like i've been to new day for years um and god has just like slowly transformed my life um and i've never had one specific moment where i was like yeah god changed me on this day but he's just been constantly working and through that working um has come me understanding that um god's plan and his purpose in my life is the one that is ultimately rules above every other thing every worldly thing and that goes on in in my day-to-day so um yeah that's what i think yeah, I love what you've just said about um, just being reminded that it is a journey. I think there isn't a moment where I was like, oh, um, 
everything's changed or my identity like after dealing and coping with um like heartbreak whether that be in um romantic relationships or platonic relationships i think just knowing that your identity and acceptance isn't in in those people but just journeying through that sometimes i think yesterday um it was i think when the man that leads the 24-hour prayer was just talking about we want instant results it's just it's never always going to be like i don't god doesn't work like that it's always a journey of him just renewing our minds changing our hearts um to see um what he sees and how he's made us and how our foundation and identity is in him so i think with me it was definitely like it's a journey it's a journey and i'm st- like honestly today i'm still journeying with the whole contentment in jesus um because we live in a society where it's like relationships marriage like you like that's everything when it, that's just really not the case like that's it's one of the m- most amazing gifts that god gives us being a part of his his um his journey that we're with on but it's not the the be all end um so i think that's really important to just kind of continue to go through that journey of unlearning those things of like if i don't have this then that means i'll not, like i mean nothing or my identity is is nothing when that's not true so contentment in christ has is always going to be a journey but it does the quicker you come to the realization that my identity is in him the the easier it gets so it's it's your maturity in that rather than like the prolonging of that realization and that truth i think yeah so a journey that's good yeah yeah i totally agree with the um it's that moment where you decide okay my security and my foundation is in christ um no matter how perfect the guy or the girl that you might be texting might seem I promise you, they will let you down. <laughs> Even husbands and wives let each other down. Like families let each other down. All people you will ever meet apart from Jesus will let you down. And you will realize that at some point. And if you don't have a strong foundation in Jesus, your life will crumble apart. You'll think, gosh, like no one is there for me. Nobody cares. No one loves me. Kind of outside of the marriage covenant, people can say, I love you one day and the next day could might change their mind. But God will never change his mind. When he says, I love you, you are my son or my daughter. Or as we heard last night about the prodigal son, when God says, come running into my arms. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, who you've dated, what you've messed up in. Like, I'll welcome you. I'll put a ring on your finger. I'll put a cloak on your back. And I think knowing that about yourself means that relationships when they come your way and tempting situations or people who might ask you out if you're like actually do you know what god's got much better for me um and i know i'm secure in him it will just change your perspective and that's why i think getting that identity straight particularly even if you're only 12 like that is a great time to get your identity straight and then you've got so much time to be building um something really exciting uh for me there i can remember the moment when it all changed i did a year team I don't. You don't call them year teams anymore. What do you call it when you give up a year for God and you work for the church? Oh, right, an intern. Okay. Right. My sister done one in London. Came back after a year and she was like, "That was the easiest, dossiest thing I've ever done." So I was like, "Sign me up, no problem." So I signed up, and this was in the time when you couldn't choose where you went. So I thought, "Well, I'll go anywhere in the country." One place I don't want to go is Brighton because of the way that I had been as a teenager. Brighton was somewhere I, I definitely didn't want to go and be on my own, and. Uh, I get a call from Haley's dad, who was the youth leader at Brighton, and saying, yeah, you've been accepted to come to Brighton. So brilliant. And I just remember thinking, of all the places, God, are you serious? You're sending me there. 
And I went there and I thought, okay, I'll have to just avoid the lads that don't like me and I will probably try and get a girlfriend because that's pretty much all I aim to do. So I gave up a year um, fully not intending to, well, uh, intending to serve God, but that's just because that's what I had to do to justify being there. Basically, I was going to a new town where there'd be new girls and that was it. And that was my entire like focus. And I, we, you had to go to these um, little seminars like this where there'd probably be 30 people in a room and somebody would come and talk and just give you different sorts of teaching and stuff. And this one guy came and he started talking about having a servant heart. And as he's sitting there, or standing there talking, I'm listening thinking, I am not a servant hearted person. I'm a nice person. I'm not out of order to people. But I am definitely so selfish when it comes to, okay, that's what I want, so that's what I'm getting. And he was saying things like, you can change your heart by doing something simple, like be the first one at church and help put the chairs up. Be the one to, uh, to offer to make cups of tea. in your Because you had to obviously go to different churches. You don't know people, so you're going to get given the rubbish jobs. You have to make cups of tea for people. He's like, be the one to offer that. Put other people first, and bit by bit, your heart will change. And I remember thinking, I've given up. I'm sitting in this room full of all these people that are so keen to like become church leaders. And I'm thinking, I'm here to get a girlfriend. I've totally got this wrong. So that was the moment I thought, man, I, God is going to do something. And I spent a year there. And as it was, I met Haley, <laughs> And then I ended up getting married. So it happened anyway. But yeah, God definitely had a, his finger on me saying, sort yourself out. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you guys so much for sharing those stories. That's so helpful. And I guess in conferences like this, a new day in church settings, the topic of sex and relationships comes up a lot, right? This is not a new conversation starter here. It's spoke about very often. Why does God care so much about sex and relationships? What's the big deal about dating whoever, having sex with whoever? Why does God care about this so much? Me again, sorry. Um, <laughs> pretty much everything in the Bible points to Jesus and how we relate to him how he relates to us and it's all about loving one another and honoring one another and above all honoring him so if you think every single person in your life whether you really like them whether you really love them whether you cannot stand them all of your interactions are about how do you honor god in this which means how do you honor this person in this so you know that whole rule about oh you don't go out of your your best mate's sister like, the reason for that is your best mate doesn't want your hands all over his sister because it's his sister. So you're going to honour your mate by doing that. And that is the rule whether it's someone's sister or it's a stranger or it's a, one of your friends. You honour them the way you honour God by absolutely giving them your best, not taking from them, but giving them your best. So I think the Bible just points to our relationship with God and every single interaction with someone is another opportunity to be Jesus to that person. Times two. <laughs> um, yeah, the Bible is just is a book all about how God is creating a family. He's creating his church family. He is building something glorious through that. Even Jesus, when he came to earth, he decided, I'm going to be in a family. <laughs> I'm going to be in a messy family where people are loving each other. Um, and there's all these relationships that he's dealing with in that. Um, so I think, yeah, God is relational. He wants a relationship with you, which is why we crave relationship with each other, which is why we're not all content just to sit in our tents on our own. It's like, no, we want to come out. We want to be playing volleyball. We want to be seminars together. Like we're a social people. Um, and it is natural to have that desire. 
to get to know people and to have relationships but yeah as Pete was saying it's about honouring each other well in that Um, it's about making good decisions about building really strong friendships and foundations because yeah two people is great but a whole youth group who are all aiming striving to better each other to encourage each other um, to point each other upwards um, and to give great advice to each other is going to be creating a kingdom and a culture that is going to really lift the whole group up which is something I'd really prioritise and you know like we say sex and relationships is not a conversation that we've never had before I'm sure it's been spoken about in different contexts for different people here and you know people here might have been in relationships or maybe they're entering into a season where relationships might be coming and that topic's coming up more what would you say are the biggest challenges that these guys might be facing in terms of the topic of sex and relationships and what advice would you give on the back of those challenges and how we tackle those Um, I think the school playground is a massive challenge for for all of us. Um, metaphorically, in speaking, um, in terms of your friends putting pressure on you, asking you questions as to you know why are you not in a relationship or why are you in a relationship but you're not having sex or why are you in a relationship doing not doing this. Um, and actually, it's just about um, standing firm and also also being patient as well. There's so many more non-Christians, sadly, in this world, or in, in England particularly, than there are Christians. Um, particularly in your schools, you'll probably have a few maybe in your class, maybe even in in your year. Um, and it's just about being patient and knowing that God has a plan for you, whether that is relationship or not, um, that he will provide for you in the future. And that it, not giving in to that temptation of there are non-Christians around me, therefore I must date one of them. Um, so, yeah. I just even want to jump off the back of that. That's really good because I do think one of the biggest challenges with dating and being a Christian is that we have the temptation to date outside um, of, yeah, Christians. I think we could talk a little bit more about that being unequally yoked, but it's it's so important that we get to the, the depth of that, which is not trusting God for an, another person. Um, you know... God sees our desires he knows our desires and I know Martha spoke about this earlier of just being impatient and if she had just trusted God that actually that person will come one day rather than being like do you know what I'm just gonna take matters into my own hands and just date the first person that gives me this gives me that I think you as a Christian we in a relationship it's so hard to um be with somebody that is not doesn't have the same values as you but also that doesn't love god because they can only love you and pursue you the best when they love jesus and when they've put jesus first so i think just having that in mind like you will be cherished and loved the way that god wants you to be here on earth with doing doing life with somebody else when that person is also in love with the same person that you are in love with so just an encouragement to to do to do it with somebody else that's also on the same mission that you're you're on which is to pursue jesus um rather than being with somebody that's that's not but also to say that um i think in our society it's really easy to just be like oh they look good they're they're good looking they've got nice this nice that nice that so i'm attracted to them and then that's it you're in a relationship i think one of the best advice that i've been given and just a lot of wisdom um as a even as a 20 year old is rather than seeing somebody that you're attracted to 
and being like, yeah, really attracted to them. Just like sexualizing them and like, oh, like, just automatically being attracted to them. Just love them as a brother, love them as a sister. Like, you don't automatically have to go there, I think, in this world of gratification. And it's just, that's the first thing that we go to. Oh, they've got a nice this, they've got a nice that's attractive. Oh, let me do. You don't need to do that. I think God calls us to, to honor them. It's very similar to what Pete said. Just honor them in, in ways that society don't talk about. It's just to, to love on them, encourage them let that come later it's not it doesn't need to be the first thing it doesn't need to be the thing that we 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 look for and then that's it we run with that so yeah that's that's one thing i'll say the struggles but off the back of that a a solution just to love and encourage them as a brother or sister in christ because we're all image bearers at the end of the day we've all been made in his image so let's like honor that and respect that um in the way that we would want to be as well but god calls us to so yeah uh, I think the biggest challenge in dating as a teenager is something called apathy, which is kind of like just not really caring or just being so chill. Oh, it doesn't really matter if I date that person or, or if we just text all the time or if I'm attracted to that person. Like, oh, it's just, it's just, what's the harm? What could go wrong? Like, it's just me doing me. Like, what's the problem? Um, I think it's really easy to fall into that trap. And that's probably what a lot of your friends at school will tell you. Oh, it's no big deal. It's just a relationship. Like, relax. Like, why are you, why are you talking about marriage like what's wrong with you why are you being so futuristic but actually it's so important that we are intentional like God has created relationships and things like marriage to grow his church to grow his kingdom and to grow you as a person like he does not want us just to be kind of throwing this sacred thing of marriage like the church doesn't talk talks a lot about sex the bible talks a lot about sex because God loves it but people are like oh no it's so embarrassing <laughs> we can't talk about that but God has made that as a as a great thing and we should celebrate it but within marriage and I think um there's so much joy to be found there I've kind of lost my point <laughs> did you want to share I've landed. That's good. Yeah. Celebrate. Be intentional with each other. And also a great piece of advice that I got given when I was a young person was start praying right now for the relationship that you want in the future. Maybe some of you think, actually, I'm not going to have a relationship. I think I'll be single. That's fine. Be praying into that. Pray for great friends. Pray for people to come around you. But if you're someone that's thinking, I would love to be in a relationship, start praying now. That person, it's very likely they exist. They're on this planet right now, living their life, walking their walk. So start praying for that. Start praying them into your life. Do you know, I wanted to say something else. So Jessica Loki, her husband is called Arnold and he's great. And um, he he basically says something that was super wise because um, he's also my boss. So we had the um, conversation about relationships and um, he said that it's really important that you don't rush these things because the person that you actually, that God has for you could actually not be walking with God right now. And what use is that to you? So... He was just like, you know, just just chill, be patient, like take your time. Like God knows, He sees all things. He's created you. He has good plans for you, and He sees your desires. So he was just like, just take it easy, just take it easy, which I found really helpful. Um, but yeah, just just wanted to share that one. Yeah. Um, on a practical note, I would say temptation-wise. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you definitely shouldn't have a girlfriend. You definitely shouldn't have a boyfriend. But if you do have one of those, you definitely shouldn't be turning the lights off and shutting the door if you're hanging out together. Because, put it. I was thinking about what is a good analogy. Put your hands up if you like kicking puppies. One, two, okay. You probably wouldn't tell many people that you like doing it, though. So if you knew there was something you quite enjoyed doing, but you knew other people might be like, don't do that, that's not good. 
You, if that was your thing, you probably wouldn't get a job at a puppy farm because it is just not helpful. Because you know you shouldn't go around kicking puppies, even if you enjoyed it. You just wouldn't put yourself in that situation. So in the same way, why put yourself in a situation where you think, I will enjoy this. But I know it's wrong. I know Jesus wouldn't like it. If Jesus was in the room, would I be doing this? Like, why put yourself in that situation? Put your hands up if you've got a phone. Most people have got a phone. Think about, have you got any apps on that phone that make you do things you shouldn't be doing? Look at things you shouldn't be looking at and just spend time thinking about stuff. It just ain't helpful. Just delete them. So just be practical and think, don't think, oh, I'll delete that later or I'll just really try not to look at that. Just don't have it. Just don't put yourself in that situation and you will be so much freer to make the right choices rather than battling which one am I going to do, which one's going to win today. If you don't have that option, chances are you're going to do the right thing. Thank you so much, guys. We're about to wrap this up from the panel side questions. We're going to open up the floor to questions in just a second. So if you have any questions, start thinking and we'll get around to you in just a second. But before we get to you guys, my last question is, we've already touched a little bit on advice, but any more golden nuggets of wisdom that you haven't shared that you would say, do you know what? As a 12 to 14 year old, I would have loved to know this. What advice would you give to your younger self on this topic? Um, my biggest bit of advice would be start building strong, um, healthy relationships with people of the opposite sex in your youth group because that will massively help you when it comes to when you hit that stage when you're a bit older, when you start to like someone, you start to maybe date a little bit more. Um, I've found, even in the relationship I'm in at the moment, that the relationships or the, the friendships I built when I was in the early ages of youth group, the um, fruit that I get from that now um is is it's almost subconscious um but it's helped massively um so the people that you might see in youth that might be like oh they're not cool or um oh, I wouldn't really hang around with them like start building even if it's just little small talk little friendships um making sure they're included um asking how they are that all helps when it comes to um building healthy relationships when you get older I think um, as well as being intentional, so just as a good, great piece of advice, just don't date anyone that you think, I could never marry this person. Like that is should be your ultimate aim if you're dating somebody. Um, but I would say relationships are about giving, not getting. So if you're entering into a relationship or friendship and you're like, oh, it's just because they make me feel happy or good or like, it's great to have friends that make you feel good, but relationships are about what you can give. Like when you get married, it's about laying down yourself for that person. It's about giving up a lot of stuff for that other person. Um, so start thinking about that in your friendships and relationships. How can you serve? How can you be selfless? It's so easy and it's so easy to be selfish in a relationship and just want things that make you feel good, make you feel affirmed, make you feel loved. And actually it's about how can you be doing that to others how can you make others feel that way um i would definitely say um building relationships with your um youth leaders they aren't there we aren't here for decoration i'm also a youth leader um definitely talk to us ask us questions um i think you're at a perfect age where like you can actually just ask loads of questions and just sit under the wisdom that they can they just they just have so much to give i know that we've we've done life a little bit more than you guys so there's more to say there's more to share ask questions um no question is silly or silly or stupid like just just ask just ask um because i think when you ask these questions now 
and you start to get answers you start to go away and like okay god like teach me more of this I, I open up the word and then you learn stuff you're like okay you start young you get to 20 30 you're like oh yes there's fruit in that there's fruit in starting early so i just think use your youth leaders you use your guardians your parents your older si- siblings like just just talk to them um yeah it's good it's good stuff yeah it's great to be open if you do have any questions this is one why we're here with a seminar but also if this isn't the place that you feel comfortable sharing your questions that's totally fine talk to your youth leaders after this we've got a prayer team that's going to be over there to pray with you guys if anything comes up um, but for anybody who does feel comfortable to ask a question here our panel would love to serve you guys so if there's any questions we want to put your hands up and Martin's going to be going around and finding a person okay over here here we go Okay, regarding how do you deal with the guilt? There ain't no guilt. There ain't no shame. So Jesus went in the desert and he was tempted. We're all going to get tempted. Nothing wrong with being tempted. That is just part of being a human. Acting on that temptation, that's a different thing. But it's nothing wrong to want to have this, to want to have that. That is totally normal. So you've got to know you're not the only one going through that. And it is totally acceptable to want something really badly. God's put desires in your heart. So you're going to want stuff. What about the other one? What was the second one? The second question, comparison. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I'm just giving you the mic. I'm sorry. I don't even know what to say. What's the question? That guilt, that guilt, that guilt. I think what I would say is 12, I didn't walk this well, as I've shared. So when I was kind of 14, 15, relationships were something I was really running after, and it's natural to feel that way. It's not necessarily, is this the person that I will marry? But it is, is this someone who will encourage my walk with God, who has their priorities straight, um, and who I could marry? Like, you don't need to put that huge amount of pressure on yourself, like, oh, we've only been on one date, are we going to get married? Like, don't do that. But when I dated a non-Christian, it was like, marriage wasn't on his list. It was like probably like number 200 of his life of goals to achieve. He didn't love God. He didn't kind of, he wasn't looking for any of the same things in life as I was, but we were good mates and kind of it was easy to be in a relationship. But that's not the kind of relationship that's going to serve you or that's going to encourage you walking with Jesus. You're going to be kind of walking in different directions. Um, so I'd say don't panic about, oh, I need to find that person I'm going to marry. Like get to know people. Friendships are great. Go on youth group trips, like do stuff, like make great friendships. And those might grow into relationships and flourish into those things as you get older but don't be panicking about that kind of thing um regards your question about comparison um some of my biggest advice i give is get around you people who are christians who share the same beliefs and and morals um and talk to them about it i was really lucky enough when i grew up that in the school i was in i had my schoolmates who were non-christians but also i had uh, mates who also went to my church um, so I remember like sometimes after school or lunchtime I go up to one of my best mates Joel I go up to him I go Joel I've just been absolutely rinsed for not having sex in a relationship and he'd be like you've just got to ignore it and like that is it's hard to do because you're in those situations like I feel I feel like I'm not fitting in but actually if you have those friendships you have those relationships with your mates uh, whether it be in school whether it be in youth where you can openly say to each other you can say um look, this is what's going on, this is what I'm getting uh, rinsed for, this is what they're they're picking on me about, um, and being open about it, and you can work for it together, and that is a massive help. Um, and also, mainly for the guys here, there's one of the massive things I'd say is there's a massive stigma about not talking to each other as blokes. Um, and 
I would love it if that was just like dropped because there's something so powerful I found growing up in youth. We've might have seen it um, in the big stage last night. How many people did you see around where they're in groups and there's um, lads, girls in a circle, arms on each other praying, and then you come away and you're thinking, that was unreal. You never get that anywhere else. So my biggest advice is talk to your mates, particularly as, as a bloke, I can say as a bloke, talk to your boy mates because they will help you and there is nothing shameful about going to your mate being like, I feel so low about this. Um, so going up to them and, and, and getting some good friendships um and working through it that was so helpful thanks guys all right we'll open the floor again any questions hands up please any out there one at the back one at the back there we go um yeah there's a there's a passage in the bible that leanne talked about earlier which says um don't be unequally yoked and yoked is not really something we talk about you might be thinking of eggs it's not about eggs um it's about i think it's about either horses or donkeys not sure which one basically two horses or two donkeys carrying this piece of wood over the top and then pulling a cart or pulling something and if those two donkeys are not the same strength or the same height and it's like this that cart behind is not going to be going in a straight line or if, it, if they're both really like if they're different that's going to be really really challenging um, and I think when we look at relationships and when the Bible talks about relationships saying if you've not got the same end goal if not looking ahead to the same place or if you're really unequal in that strength or that strength of relationship or strength of conviction you're going to really struggle to get anywhere um, and God calls us into growth and not into kind of sitting still and just being comfortable and um, calls us to go so I think that's where the yoke comes in it also talks about um, what can light have in common with darkness and talks about salt and it's just yeah there's it's in 1 Corinthians this passage so I'd encourage you to check it out because um, it's, it's really helpful and really clear um, talking about how we can be pursuing something more um, and I think that's what you will find in a Christian relationship but you will struggle a little bit in a non-Christian relationship does anyone else have anything they want to add? I even just want to say that one of the, the consequences of, of marrying outside of your um, of, of, Christ, of a Christian is actually just compromise you'll just always compromise you always find yourself just saying like all oh, right okay cool or it'll take maybe you'll you'll hold off for a while but after a while you'll give in just because it's like you want to please the person or so forth and so forth so i think it's just so important to know that with what martha's just said comes consequences of just compromise like you'll it's you'll it won't i think i'll even just say you won't suffer a little bit you'll suffer a lot and you'll see it play out in in everything i think one of the questions we asked was how has your relationship with God um, or your faith affected um, how you see relationships? I don't know if you actually asked that question, but it was one of the questions. But it will affect your all your relationships. It won't even just pr- affect your um, romantic relationships. So just don't do it. No. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> find out more. Talk to your youth leaders. But definitely it, it comes with long consequences. So just wanted to stress that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. All right, back to the floor. Anyone got a question? Hand up, real high, over here in the middle. Here we go. Ooh, how do you set healthy boundaries? Go on. You know, you go. <laughs> um, I mean, a straightforward one would be, if we're talking relationship stuff, then would you do it if Jesus was sitting in a room with, with you? Simple as that. So... If you're planning your night out with your mates and you're thinking, right, we'll end up at so-and-so's house. Oh, so-and-so will be there. Should I go and hang out with them on my own? Should I say that if you're with your mates and you're just having a laugh? Should I really be joking about that sort of stuff? 
would I do that if Jesus was here? Would I feel a little bit, oh, that was a bit awkward, shouldn't really have said that. Does it honour God? Does it honour Jesus? Does it reflect how Jesus spoke to people? Because if we're called to be like Jesus, then that is with every interaction, isn't it? So, I mean, if that sort of boundary, as in like your standards, I always think, okay, would I be doing that if Jesus was sitting right next to me? Or would I be like, would I be expecting a bit of a talking to afterwards, saying, mate, you shouldn't have done that. That was not okay. Yeah, I have um, a couple of friends that are now married and then a couple who are newly engaged and then some who are still dating. Um, so I'm that friend that gets called when um, they want to do something and they're like, can you join us? Because, yeah, like we're going to, this is we want to do this thing, but obviously don't, we don't want to be alone. And that's so there's so much wisdom in that. I think just having people around you where you can just be like oh could you come do this with us or can you come like couples or like just groups of friends it doesn't even matter but just getting people around you to just be like oh could you do this thing with us or could you pray with us in this area and just don't feel like you have to do this thing alone don't feel like um it's embarrassing to be like oh we need somebody to come hang out with us like that's weird like you are doing everything some people will look at them and be like you're doing the most you're doing the most you're doing the most asking these people to hang out with you when you just want to be alone with your with your person no 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 no. you're not doing the most you're doing what what is right setting those boundaries not falling into um, into temptation so call on those friends those trusted friends um there's no problem in that there's so it's so good to be vulnerable it's very similar to what um, tj was talking about yesterday in terms of like oh we just want to be close off we just want to do it together we don't really want to tell anybody that would what we're doing there's that is room for the enemy to get in so just talk to your talk to your trusted people your talk your talk to your trusted christian pals um, brothers and sisters um, they're there to help you they want to support you and they and they want this relationship to grow if they do they would they would do what they can to support you in that so talk to them yeah great all right um, maybe room for one or two more questions if there is any any hands up okay all right we'll end it there um, shall we give our panel a massive round of applause Thank you guys so much. Thank you for coming along. Thank you for being so open and vulnerable. Um, but hey, this topic doesn't have to finish here. This can be a convert. This might be the first time you've spoke about this and we just want to get behind you and pray for you. Um, so let, let us just end this time in prayer um, and we'll, we'll finish up here. All right, so if you want to close your eyes, if you want to bow your heads, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to talk about sex and relationships. Lord, whether it's the first time this has been a conversation for the people here or the 100th time, God, we thank you that you care about it. And we thank you, Lord, that you can redeem all things, whether people in this uh, in this space have been in relationships before, thought about them in a certain way or pursued them in a certain way, you redeem all things, Jesus. So, Lord, I just pray for anyone who feels any guilt, any shame in this room, that you may remove that in the name of Jesus. But also, Lord, we pray for healthy hearts moving forward. We thank you that you love relationships. You love marriage. You love how we pursue that. And we pray in Jesus' name, would you guide and support these young people as they move forward in their relationship with you first, but ultimately the plans that you have next for them. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. 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 All right, guys, we're going to close up here.